I'm Brian Levy. I'm a partner at Manchester Living and the host of the Manchester Living podcast. The purpose of the podcast is to help people navigate the complex maze of elder care. There is a lexicon of elder care terms on the website at manchesterlivingpodcast.com. Today, we are talking about preparing the family for the holidays, um, a touchy subject, but also a fun subject to um, to educate the community about. But first, let's get to the new and noteworthy. If anyone knows me, I'm a crier, and I cry at Folgers commercials anytime we see the Budweiser Clydesdales. So, of course, this clip brought um, tears to my eyes, and I'm sure it will bring tears to your eyes as well. Welcome. Good morning. Good morning. You already know. Inhale on four. The and feeling. Keep it going again. Of having stuck in your head. A song. That's what this story is about. The music we can't shake off. That's where the magic comes in. Mary Leonard and Marja Strushko. They have it there. Are the founders of Giving Voice Chorus. I like music. Inspired by what stuck with them. We both have had parents with Alzheimer's. My father. My mother and we decided to work together. Which is why the Twin Cities now has a choir for Alzheimer's patients. She knew something was wrong with me because I was starting to forget things. When the diagnosis came at age 56, it hit Jerry Parks and his wife, it's, Karen, it's, um, like a brick. It's a horrible disease. It robs its victims of themselves, of everything they are. But the thief that is Alzheimer's has a more difficult time prying away our songs. Da, da. We know that music is stored in a part of the brain that's last affected by Alzheimer's disease. Love to have my fun. The emotions, the joy, the fun, the humor that came with singing when they were 18 or 24 or 40 comes back. I love women. Rehearsing weekly at McPhail Center for Music, the choir is evenly split between memory care patients and their caregivers. Can't, good. Can't say it yet. Doris Sterner's condition causes her words to jumble. It's frustrating. Sometimes she can't say it, well, right? But she can sing the songs. Mother and daughter crushing stigmas together. It's just been uplifting. It's wonderful. Love, love me do. So don't fight that song stuck in your head. It's just there waiting for a day. You may need it. Ba, ba, ba. Boyd Hoopert, Care 11 News. Oh, you right. Minneapolis. Bravo. Music plays an important part in our lives from childhood all the way through. So, um, Let's keep singing, right? Yeah. Um, I'm excited to have my guest, Lily Adrian, here today to talk about preparing for the holidays. Um, Lily is the owner of the Bridge of Time, memory care program developer, trainer, and consultant. She's also an advanced grief facilitator. That's a mouthful. Lily, who are you and what do you do? Brian, sometimes I don't know who I am, <laughs> but what I do is love people through the journey of dementia with their loved ones. Grief plays a huge part of uh, the onset of dementia. And um, I, I work with folks through that grief process. All families um, have, uh, of all denominations, have family traditions that help feel a sense of belonging and family identity. Why are these especially important to families with dementia? 
because Brian holidays are all around us. There are no ways of escaping what's happening because of the way America celebrates. And with our dementia residents, they see it, they feel it, and it's important that families know how to adapt to it with their present state. Sure, that's great. Lily, how do we bring about that sense of belonging when they no longer have the cognitive ability to engage in those family traditions once very important to them? We all have those, we have to do this this year. What do we do? I think number one is we need to realize they can engage. So often we think because they have dementia that they can't. It's us adapting those uh, traditions that we've had for so long to what they can cognitively handle now. And uh, recognize that it's okay to make those changes that we can still celebrate, but we've got to do it in their world versus trying to keep them in our world. The evolution of the holidays. Right, right, right. right. When you're working with someone who has any form of dementia, you must recognize that quality time together is better than not quantity. Very true, very true. I think that we bring them together with us, with our families, and we think they've got to be with us throughout the whole event. Um, it's not about spending time with them all day long, all evening, into the next day, however we celebrate. It's about concentrating on the moments that they can spend with us and making the most of it. It's quality, not quantity any longer. And it's the guilt of, well, mom, it's Christmas. I don't really want to leave before dinner. And so you right. get wrapped up in your own emotions right. rather than understanding it's the afternoon, it's early evening, they could be sundowning. Exactly, exactly. And we want to make sure that we take that guilt out of it. Uh, just because they can no longer do traditions the way they used to, um, as family members, keep in mind, you can take any trip that you want, but a guilt trip is not one of them. You just cannot feel the guilt because they can no longer celebrate the way they once did. I tell adult children mostly all the time, it's not about you, That's it's about right. your folks. That is exactly right. It is about them. Um, and if we can recognize that, then we're going to enjoy it. It's gonna be success for the, the day versus stress for the day. Sure. What about friends and family who may be living out of town or don't get to see their loved one that often? And then all of a sudden, poof, here they come for a that's, visit at the care home. That's a tough one. That's a really hard one. We've got to prepare them. We've got to prepare them ahead of time. You know, if it's been six months or nine months, anyone that has any familiarity with dementia at all knows that huge things happen in that disease process during that time frame. And so, even in sitting and eating at a meal, they no longer know how to use a fork or a spoon. It may be that you're assisting them with eating. You need to prepare family ahead of time of that. Maybe they are gonna become agitated for no specific reason and say something inappropriate, but for them, it's not inappropriate. They don't know how to pick and choose what's appropriate or not. Maybe they're not gonna recognize you as their son, but you're gonna look like their brother. Uh, because they go way back in the past. And we need to prepare those family members for the process. 
And, and in doing so, we need to also prepare them with things not to say, trigger points. Exactly. Oh my gosh, Aunt Sally can't feed herself? Why all of a sudden am I using a fork? Exactly. Let's talk about that before we get into the facility. Well, and, and that's exactly right. You don't want to bring any kind of embarrassment to the person that has the disease. Mm -hmm. We don't want to concentrate on the disease. We want to concentrate on the person. And where they are is where we need to be with them. We don't need to be trying to pretend something that's not there. It's there. It's real. It's not going to go away. It's only going to get worse. So how do we walk into that with them? And it's by adapting our own thought process. Right. So that's the family from the outside. What about the family on the inside, the person with the disease? How do you prepare them for what's getting ready to come their way that they haven't encountered in a long time, a preemptive strike? Right. I think this is one of the reasons why I believe personally that it's so important to have a lot of photos around. Uh, start letting caregivers, family caregivers, or uh, professional caregivers go through some of those photos of the past. Uh, they may not remember those people still when they see them, but it's going to give them a little bit of a better um, familiarity with what's in front of them. So, you know, I always go to the scrapbooks and the photos because it helps them prepare and be a little bit more familiar with what they're going to encounter and who they're going to see. With an acknowledgement that short-term memory is gone, but right. the long-term memory, they can remember a exactly. dentist appointment from 1942, exactly. but not breakfast. Exactly. So those photos are really important. Yeah, very, very important. Great. Um, when family when family members want to take their loved ones home from a facility or a care home during the holidays, what's your advice about that? Every situation's different, Brian. Mm -hmm. um, there is no concrete answer for that, but I highly encourage you as a family member to talk to the staff, uh, be familiar with how it's been with you as you've engaged with your loved one, as you've gone to the community. If you feel comfortable taking them home with you, all well and good. But please remember when you take them out of that environment, uh, when you take them out of their regular schedule, it's really going to change their behavior. Be prepared to have space and place for peace, uh, quiet time for them. Um, Lots of confusion and that overstimulation does not make for a happy day for anybody. Right. So uh, limit that time. When they start pacing, when they start saying, when am I going to go home? Don't interject, well, we're not through yet. Right. Instead, think about that process. Have a key person ready to be able to remove them from that situation. Because if you don't, it's not going to be a happy occasion for anybody. It's not about me. It's about mom exactly. and dad. Right. Exactly. Um, also, they need to be, if you're going to take your folks home, be aware of what the caregivers do throughout the day, whether it's meds, whether it's changing their briefs, whether it's uh, a certain time of day that they're used to watching Wheel of Fortune or whatever it is. You're taking them out of their routine, and now it's your responsibility to care for them. Exactly. And that's why I said, be, be aware of that routine and try to keep it as close to, as possible to what they are doing every single day. And that's tough when they're out of their environment. Um, how do family caregivers get help they need to survive? And I say family caregivers, caregivers as well, whether you're staff or a family member taking care of another family member. Support groups, support from 
from staff, support from siblings. You know, it's really tough when you are the only sibling taking care of or being responsible for your loved one and all of your other siblings live out of town. Sometimes those other siblings feel like they've got the answers to how you need to care. Let them know what your needs are. I always say have that reverse gift list in your back pocket where write down those things that you need. And when a family member or a loved one or a best friend says to you, what can I do for you? Pull that out of your back pocket and say, this is what you can do for me. Don't be shy about that. We can't get help. Nobody that's walking the journey understands what you're going through. You've got to tell them. You've got to make them be aware. But take advantage of that. If you don't, you're never going to be able to be the son again, the daughter again, the family member again. Uh, that respite is so important. But getting, getting care through support groups, through educational opportunities, is going to be your best way to survive it. Don't go at it alone. No, absolutely. Like that. Absolutely. How do we educate families more about the disease and and ways to really dig in and better understand what their folks are going through, what their loved ones are going through? Brian, by offering opportunities of, you know, education, uh, communities having uh, lunch and learns where educational opportunities are there uh, through support groups, through digging online and being able to see what's out there. But if you don't go into it, research it yourself and see there are so many opportunities out there for family caregivers and professional caregivers. Mm -hmm. You know, communities need to invest in their staff and give them the opportunity for training so that they better know and understand the disease. When you understand the disease, then you're better gonna be able to help a family member go through the process themselves. If you don't know that, then they're lost and you're lost. So uh, educating them through opportunities of training. Knowledge is power. Knowledge, is, Knowledge power. is power, very powerful. Lily, what haven't I asked you that I should? There's really not anything you've asked me and haven't asked me, Brian, but I do want to say, please, please, families need to take advantage of the moments. Uh, remember that your loved one is still there. Take advantage of the holidays to find those sweet spots in their life, because when you do that, you're going to see those moments of lucidity that sometimes we don't see very often. And we need to take advantage of that. Have no regrets. Right. I thought about that. We had our uh, care home holiday parties this weekend <laughs> and last weekend and watching the families engage with their loved ones. Right. It was like, you never know. That's right. This is it. That's right. That's exactly right. I hate to sound cliche, but seriously, this is it. Yeah. This is the time. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thank you for letting me share. We're going to roll into the nugget portion of the program for a good laugh. Uh, Ziggy, if you'd show a... a, a this visual, I love this cartoon. It says, now what am I going to do with all these candles? What was I thinking? The Grinch who stole Hanukkah. <laughs> all right, let's go to the lightning round. This is an opportunity for viewers to get to know you, non-clinical, just you. All right, so one word answers. Where were you born and raised? Port Gibson, Mississippi. College and degree? Southwest Baptist University, Social sociology and psychology. Christmas tree, real or fake? Fake. White lights or colored lights? Absolutely white. Midnight mass? Yes. Turkey on Christmas? Absolutely. Cocoa or eggnog? 
Coco. Top of the tree, angel or star? Neither. Favorite tr- favorite tr- f- favorite holiday tradition? Family, tr- grandchildren. Favorite holiday movie? Uh, White Christmas. Naughty or nice? Absolutely nice. I figured as much. Thank you for being here and sharing your Thank knowledge you. and expertise with the viewers. Uh, you're wonderful, and I really appreciate Thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, we will put Lily's contact information up on the screen if you have any further questions or want to reach out to her directly. Of course, you can find this episode and past episodes online at iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, or wherever. Get your social media. Just search the Manchester Living Podcast, and if there's ever anything I can do for you, don't hesitate to reach out directly. Thanks for watching. Thank you.